Lord, we thank you that you are the Lord who strengthens feeble knees. We thank you that you restore our strength. And so, Lord, I pray now that you would encourage us, strengthen us, restore us in our hope in you, Jesus, through the preaching of your word. Come, Holy Spirit, empower the preaching, empower the hearing, empower our responding to your word. We pray this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. So good to be back with you this morning. Um, I enjoyed a little time off, and Pastor Dave will be back next Sunday. And um, so it's good to be together in this first Sunday of 2020. Can you believe it? New decade, huh? And God, who is eternal, and his word is true today, just as it was when Paul wrote it. And so this morning we're going to look at Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 8. And so if you'll turn in your Bibles, Romans 5, starting with verse 1. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame. Because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Friends, this is God's word. Thanks be to God. Back in December, um, a little devotional from Streams in the Desert caught my attention. Maybe because last year was a year that the Lord called me to go climb Mount Sinai, but it was about climbing mountains, and it gave this metaphor of how life is like climbing a mountain and how that it's so good to have partners, that as we're climbing, we do get better perspective as we get higher and higher, but we also need somebody ahead of us that calls back and says, watch out for that loose rock, or we're going to be doing some switchbacks now giving some guidance, somebody who's gone this way before and gives us some instruction. Um, It captured my attention because I had just been climbing last year and I needed somebody desperately to give some guidance and some encouragement. And Paul writes this scripture to the church in Rome. He writes from um, Corinth 
And he's calling back, as it will. He's giving instruction. He's giving encouragement as someone who's gone before and knows that we need encouragement. At the beginning of this book in Romans, he says in verses 11 and 12, I long to see you so that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong. That is, that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. We need each other in the body of Christ. We need to encourage one another. And Paul writes these words to encourage us. And as I said, the Christians in Rome, they needed to be able to persevere. They needed strength for suffering. Um, and I want, time doesn't allow to get into the context of what all was going on in Rome, but just to know that Jews had been kicked out of that city before. There was about a million people living in a 10 square miles and um, most of the Christians were Gentile. And so um, there was just some dynamics that made this cross-cultural ministry and trying to grow a new church, just like we face difficulties in growing a church in a culture that has become non-Christian and even sometimes anti-Christian. And so the church needed to be strengthened with perseverance. That's a mental decision to not quit, to not give up perseverance, endurance. And it helps to name what we're struggling against and help to name, just like in the climbing of a mountain, okay, you're getting ready to catch some loose stone here. All right? What is the suffering? What is the challenge that we're going through? Because let's face it, we all go through challenges. Cori Ten Boom, maybe some of you remember the story that she was one that was put in the concentration camp during the, um, the whole persecution of the Jewish by the um, Nazis. She was a little girl, and she had um, come down with a terrible cold, and her sister was in the concentration camp with her. They were believers in Jesus, but she had this terrible cold. How many of you maybe have had a terrible cold in the last month? Yes, and we're missing people today because of sickness. Well, she said to her sister, oh, I've got a terrible cold. And she said, I just wonder if God has forgotten his little Corey. She was despairing. You know, it wasn't just one thing, but it was multiple challenges. And now this cold. And her sister Betsy said, well, let's pray. And um, she said, Corey said, I just wish I had a handkerchief. And Betsy said, well, let's pray for a handkerchief. And Corey said, oh, that's ridiculous. And her sister persisted and just said a prayer. Lord, would you please give Corey a handkerchief today? In Jesus' name, amen. Well, her Corey's friend, who was also in the concentration camp, had an old sheet. And she had been sewing little handkerchiefs. And she said she just felt a prompting in her heart. Go give Corey a handkerchief. And so she had this little package, and she wrapped it up, and she called to Corey, and Corey looked out the window, and she said, I've got a little present for you, and she put it in her hand. And then Corey Tim Boom opens this little package, and here's a handkerchief, and she said, did you know I was sick? She said, no, I just was sewing in my room, and I had a little prompting. Go give Corey a handkerchief. And Corey was encouraged, and she knew that the Lord saw her in that deep and dark place where she was. 
sometimes our, um, we look at suffering and difficulties and we think, what's the good in this? What good could come out of this? But it's actually our character is revealed when pressure is applied. And the Lord works for good all things. Anything that he allows in his fatherly hand to come to us, even the difficulties, are for his purpose. And you can see this progression that there's suffering, and then that leads to perseverance or endurance, that leads to character and certain hope in God's love. We see that progression. Paul's naming it for the church in Rome. Friends, today he's naming it for you, and he's naming it for me. Because we need to be reminded when we're going through difficult things that there's a reason that he's allowing it and he's going to bring good out of this. Job said in Job 23.10, when he has tried me, I shall come forth as gold. Have you ever thought that maybe the Lord in this difficult situation that you face is allowing it? for the purification, for character development, to be reminded again afresh of our hope in Jesus. James 1, 4 says, Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. How many of you have ever thought, Oh, the Lord is allowing this Because he is going to make sure that I don't lack anything. I mean, it's just a paradigm shift. But it's something that Paul is telling the Romans. And the Holy Spirit is telling us today. Switch the way you're thinking. If I'm allowing something through my fatherly hand to come into your life. I'm doing it so that you will be complete and not lack anything. The big idea is that he, if he allows things to happen, he's growing us up into his love and into who we are in Christ. My connection just stopped. And so, yeah, that's where I want to be. Perseverance. I may have to have you, for whatever reason, my connection stopped, so I may have to have you just advance the slides. Allowing things that are difficult. This week I was at the eye doctor, and as I sat, I was getting a little frustrated, you know, time. Like, all right, we're 45 minutes into this time now. Like, why am I still sitting here? And here comes this woman and sits down next to me. She was happy and bubbly, and I thought, well, she's really talkative. Well, I get to hearing her story, and she grew up in this west side. She grew up right over by the zoo. She went to Sibley School, and she's lived down in Plainwell for the last 30 years. And her husband was diagnosed with Lou Gehrig's disease, and she took care of him for years. In the last three years of his life, she cared for him day and night in their home. And I asked her, do you have any religious beliefs, any faith? And she said, oh, yes. She said, I could have never gotten through if I didn't have faith in Jesus. And she talked about how that in um, the midst of this, that they had a friend with cancer. And he would come once a week 
and they would mutually encourage one another. They'd talk about Jesus. They'd pray for each other. Friends, she was one of the most joyful women I've ever met. She's been a widow now for three years. I don't see her lacking anything. It was an encouragement to me to hear her story. I'm going to um, see where we are. Let's go back to that. Go back to that hiking picture. Facing, okay, that's all right. That's where we want to be next. Facing suffering or difficult challenges. I mentioned to you that I climbed Mount Sinai last year. And um, as I prepared for that, Pastor Dave gave me a couple of scriptures. And he said, I want you to reflect on this. I know and rely on the love God has for me. And the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Well, you all know that I'm not the athlete and I'm not a mountain climber. But step by step, up that mountain with my hiking poles and Jaleesa as my witness. <laughs> like it got to the point. I don't know if I t- have I told you this story? No? Okay. All right, so we're climbing, and it just is getting steeper and steeper, and we've, we've ridden a camel in the dark, and it's getting towards daybreak. And um, the woman ahead of us, Frankie, would say to us, um, there's some loose stone here. Just watch your step. Watch your step. And it's dark except for the headlamp, and Jaleesa doesn't even have a headlamp. And anyway, and my heart is pounding because I've never done this much strenuous exercise in my life. And anyway, and it's just like, I know and rely on the love God has for me. I know and rely on the love God has for me. I know, I know and rely on the love God has for me. God, you've called me on this mountain. I do not know why we are climbing this mountain and we're going up here, but I know and rely on your love and you say that you are my shepherd and I shall not want. And so you are going to make my muscles work to the top of this mountain and you are going to give me strength. And you're going to help me keep breathing. And you're going to help my heart not to explode. I know and rely. I'm not kidding you. And then I was just praying in the spirit because I couldn't even pray in English anymore. And Frankie leans back and she goes, what did you say? And I said, never mind. I'm just praying to the Lord. And anyway, I said, he's got to get me up this mountain. Have you ever faced such a difficulty? That you're just praying nonstop. Lord, if you don't get me through this, I don't know how I'm going to make it. Lord, you said that you are my shepherd and that I won't be in want. But when I'm looking at this crisis, I'm looking at this relationship that's so difficult. I'm looking at this marriage that I just keep saying, Lord, give me the strength. Help me persevere. This child that's gone astray that I'm praying for and I'm praying for. Lord, I know and rely on the love that you have for me and on them. Lord, you've got to bring them back. Help me. Help us, Lord. Do something. Do something. We all face something, whether it's a work situation, whether it's a medical diagnosis like Jan, whether it's Luke and Laurel that have come back off the mission field and they're saying, we don't know what's next, but it's been a hard, hard year. Each of us face challenges and difficulties. And I want to tell you that the Lord gets us through by his word, by prayer, by remembering that Christ has, with him there, we've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ. We don't lack anything, but we have to hone it. We have to live into and grasp hold of the grace that's available for us. And sometimes that comes through other people. And I'm going to ask you to push the next slide now. These are my youth group leaders. 
And last summer I reached out to them because I had been struggling. I didn't grow up in an emotionally healthy family, and I didn't know how to grieve. Nobody ever taught me about lament or grieving or how do we take our hurts and our, our disappointments and our griefs to the Lord. And so I reached out to Luana and Richard McGee. They live down in Texas. And I had a conversation with them, and I'm like, help me climb this mountain of grief. How do you do it? What do you do other than push and stuff? I know that's not the Lord's plan, but how do I healthily lament? And they talked to me about their own situation that they had gone through and how it had been so hurtful and how they had a chair, and they called it their chair of lament. And they would go and talk to the Lord about everything that they were sad about, everything that they were grieving. And Luana said to me, that chair of lament became my throne of grace. And she said, the Lord met me in such a profound way that pretty soon after a while, all I wanted was him. And he was enough. And she said, Gina, every storm is love. And when he allows something in our lives, it's because of his love and he's drawing us closer. And he's removing these other things. And she says, we have to remember what's true. God loves us. Jesus loves me. This I know, right? We learn that as a child. It's probably maybe the most profound thing we ever need to know. Thank you for teaching it to your children. If you've got children or the kids around you. But when we know that God loves us and when we know that we have a hope in Christ, that this isn't the end, this, whatever we're facing in this life is temporary. Whatever that dark thing, whatever that high mountain is that you're struggling against, it's temporary. And we've got an eternal hope that we're reminded of as we took communion this morning. Friends, he uses other people in our lives to teach us how to persevere, to learn how to grow strong in him so that eventually we'll recognize that all we need is in him. Let's go on to the next slide. Second Thessalonians say, May the Lord direct your hearts into God's love and Christ's perseverance. And certainly we think about, if we're thinking about endurance and perseverance, The one who's gone before us, the one who's climbed the mountain and says, follow me, was Jesus Christ, who came and stepped into the darkness and stepped into rejection and pain and our brokenness. And he persevered all the way with joy because of the joy set before him. He endured the scorn of the cross because he was looking for that opportunity for us to be Reunited with the Father, to have access to the Father. Next slide. Next slide. I read this poem, and I'm not going to get to read it to you because it's on the slide. But in this little poem, in a devotional, the end of, it talked about in life and in death and difficulties and, and in joys. And in the darkness of his providence is starlit with divine intent. The darkness of his providence, sometimes when he allows things, and we know that's his providence, 
when he allows things, we think, this is awfully dark. But remember that light came into the darkness, and whatever dark situation you're facing, his light comes today. And he says, if I'm allowing this, I've got divine intent. If this storm is dark, think of Jesus in the storm, right? Sometimes Jesus slept through the storm, and the Lord's just inviting us to just trust through this storm. Sometimes he stood up and he said, you know, peace be still, and he's allowing this darkness to help grow us up in our authority, to exert authority. Sometimes Jesus was in a storm so that he could grow other people's faith and say, come step out on this water. Come on, join me. Maybe he's allowing this to even invite somebody else, that he'll use you to help grow somebody else's faith to walk on the water. Just like he did when he used that woman that grew up in this area and that person that had cancer, and together they encouraged each other in their faith to trust God in the difficulties. Even as the Lord used, I'm going to ask you to go to the next slide, even as the Lord used my youth group leader, to encourage me to persevere, to maintain hope, to recognize that we've been justified. Just like he was talking, um, our friend was talking about, I have another day of life. We have an eternity of life. That is the most joyful thing that we could ever know. If we know Jesus, we have the hope of an eternal life. And so every day is another day with him. The scriptures say we've been justified. I want you to notice how it's talking about the collective one, like all of us. We've been justified. We've been given peace. Love's been poured into our hearts. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And so, friends, in this year of 2020, as we look around and the Lord's inviting us, we don't know what all we're going to face, what all each of us might face in this year, but he's inviting us to know that we can persevere, and if he's allowing it, he's actually growing us up and maturing us as a church so that we won't lack anything. But he's inviting us to do it together. And so just like Corey Ten Boom had to say, I have a need, and then her sister had a response of prayer and another friend had a response of following a prompting and going and giving that gift of the handkerchief, We need to be acknowledging that we have needs. Just like Paul said when he wrote to the Romans, I hope that we can be mutually encouraging of one another. And so I want to invite you to think about, are you acknowledging your need? And are you letting people in on it so that they can give some guidance? Because certainly there's somebody that's gone through a similar situation in a room full of this number of people. There are people who have been through a similar situation, whether it's a sin struggle, whether it's a diagnosis, whether it's a depression, whether it's an anxiety, whether it's a grief, whatever it might be. Are we encouraging each other? Are we letting people know about our needs? And then are we looking for who might need an encouragement? Who, just like Paul was to the Romans, reaching back to say, remember what Christ has done and this goodness, and that he's, if he's allowing things, he's doing it for a reason. He's developing your character. Are you looking for who might need some encouragement? And this week, and in this last number of weeks and even years, Dana and I have had this 
And I, I was a little hesitant, and Dane said it was okay to share this. I didn't post it on Facebook, you know. But um, we've had this thought, like, we should sponsor a child. We should sponsor a child. And we just have never acted on that. Not sure, you know, and you can kind of rationalize why you're not sure if that's a good organization or if they're reputable or whatever. But doing nothing, and I read something about just the um, humanitarian crisis in Haiti again this week, and I wept at night just telling him, we got to do something. we got to do something. And so one of the things that the Lord's asking me to apply this scripture and asking us is we're sponsoring a child. And another thing he put on my heart is write a letter once a month to a prisoner. Now, I'm not doing this as your pastor. I'm doing this as a Christian, as a human being who um, just what do we do to encourage those that are down and having difficult situations Those are my to-dos. Those are my, just like the Lord prompted that girl, go take a handkerchief to Corey. Those are the things he's put on my heart. What's he putting on yours this year? Who might need to be encouraged and that you would have a word or that you would have an action that would point them to Jesus? Because, friends, he's maturing us and his love is changing our hearts. And it's changing our neighborhood. And it's going to change the world. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much that you are a good, good father. And that you can use things that are even difficult for our good and for your glory. And so, Lord, we pray, glorify yourself through our lives. And help us to be attuned to what you might say of how we could be an encouragement to others and point them to Jesus. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.